morning, and a very happy New Year. It's the first time I've been able to say, actually, Happy New Year, because I wasn't here. I sort of left just before we got to the New Year, and I didn't go out and celebrate the New Year. I can't bear New Year. I cannot stand it. There's something about drunk people everywhere, sort of, you know, pretending that they're into this false bonhomie. People rushing around going, Happy New Year, and people inviting you. I'd much rather go round to friends' place, have something, something, you know, to eat, and then sit down and fall asleep. The idea of having to go and queue up to get in a bar, and then when you queue up and get in the bar, you've got to, you know, perhaps there aren't the people in there you wanted to be in there, and so you look around and you think, oh, I'm stuck with this lot all night. And so you go outside, and then the bouncer says, if you go outside, you can't come back in again. So you kind of, because what they want to do is make as much money. They don't want sort of a rotating audience. And so um, I didn't do anything New Year's. Mind you, I didn't do anything last New Year's Eve either. And the year before, I was working. So it's nice to be back with you. Now, because of the Christmas and all the different days, and this is now a bank holiday again. So we're back with another bank holiday, which is great. I don't have a problem with bank holidays. It's just I need to go out and buy a dressing gown. And yesterday I thought I'll nip out, and there was nothing open. There was absolutely nothing open at all, which was very disappointing, apart from Marks and Spencer's. But it was only the food side, and they didn't have any dressing gowns, so I just had to content myself with buying a little bit of food. There was nothing there was nothing really available at all yesterday. And that's why I was a bit disappointed. So I'm hoping today, even though it's a bank holiday, I'm hoping that it'll be Sunday hours and things will be open. Because I've just got this this feeling that uh, that I'm going to go home today and everything's going to be closed again and it's going to be an absolute nightmare. And I'm also not feeling 100% this morning either. I had to get out of the car and walk for the last uh, last 150 yards. <laughs> you probably wonder what the dickens I was doing. But I just didn't feel at all well and I thought, what have I eaten? I wonder if I've eaten something that I should have eaten or I shouldn't have eaten. And I couldn't think of anything at all. So I've had some little oranges this morning, those little tangerines that Dawn was telling us about. And I've had about three of those, which are quite nice. But I'm not sure, I cannot remember for the life of me whether or not they affect me or not. I've done my tablets, done all my usual bits and pieces, and yet still don't feel 100%. It was like this before, when, when poor Christo had to stay behind and, uh, and look after things, I'm afraid. Which was a bit of a shame. So anyway, we take your texts and emails, and uh, the phone number, of course, as always, 08456060973. Uh, I did go through the papers, I bought some papers yesterday. I quite like buying the papers on a Sunday and cutting them out and and sort of going back over stories because there are stories to be cheerful in 2012 and the stories to be not cheerful in 2012 uh, among the god-awful seasonal specials this year channel 4's hopeless home for the holidays stood out poor old vernon k another turkey that vernon has um, has given us i'm afraid which was a shame and enchanted his christmas house of horror that apparently was about as festive as psycho and they're bringing it back next year they've said they're going to bring it back don't bring it back it was a turkey Anything that Vernon Kay does, he's probably very nice. I don't have a problem with Vernon Kay. He's probably very, it's just that none of his programmes rate. You sit there, it's like Eamon Holmes. Eamon Holmes is... Sorry? Well, he, well Vernon Kay, of course, has got uh, celebrity... Um, what do they call it? Family fortunes. Although, to be honest with you, I've not seen a celebrity on there for ages. They had some of the cast of The Only Way is Essex. So they had Mark Wright, that grinning gimp. They had his uh, fat friend Arge who looks like the biggest turkey in the entire world, poor Amy Childs, who can't speak properly, and Joey Essex, who's suspect, to say the least. I've never known anybody to be as camp as Christmas and claim he likes women. I mean, I find it absolutely riveting to watch these these programmes. And then there's a bit... I went on to, um, onto a, a site the other day, they were talking about it, and apparently Joey Essex, who's... who's there's something about it. I'm not sure if they're keeping him in the series or losing him. Or I think the one they're losing was Amy Charles's cousin, Harry. 
who's got to be the campest thing you've ever seen at 17. Shut up, shut up, talk like that, shut up. And then she talks like that as well. And, I, and I'm picking it up from next door too. I mean, you get these vibes coming back. Yeah, shut up. You know, go break, go break. You know, think, little things like that that sort of make the programme truck its merry little way through, as they say this morning. So poor old Vernon Kay, Turkey of the Year. The other Turkey of the Year was anything with Peaches Geldof on. Why do, why do producers... Peaches Geldof, you know, Bob's little wayward daughter. That's the one who's never actually achieved anything in life. And uh, sadly, it was a friend of mine, Jonathan, who actually did the programme. But then, of course, the worst one, signed by Katie Price. This is where the drag queen of all drag queens goes out there and people parade in, in front of her and she's either rude to them or goes, yeah, you, you, you look like you could do summer, you know, and be famous. And then at the end of it, anybody tell me you won? No, nobody knows. Nobody knows what it was about. Even Kevin O'Sullivan said, I didn't even understand the thing. And then, of course, there weren't quite as many crimes against television and speaking uh, from Jordan as there were from Peter Andre. Insania Boy in 2012 was rarely off our screens. The next chapter, Peter Andre, here to help, my life. There was no escaping this fantastic father who always puts his kids first. And always puts them on television, which is lovely, actually. It's, it's, it's always so nice to see the kids, because I, I can't wait for the time when they discover the word lawyer, and they go to exploitation, and they'll be put on television, and they'll want royalties for all these different things that they've been in. Because they're just everywhere. You know, every time you see her, she puts them on television. Every time you see him, and God knows he's boring. You know, I mean, people go, oh, Peter Andre, he's very, yeah, he's very hunky, and he's this, and he's that. I go, yeah, but he's dull. You know, I, I don't mind anybody being on television. You know, looks can only take you so far. I said that to Cheryl Cole. I said, looks can only take you so far, Popsy. And then that's, that's just about it. Uh, we are enjoying Downton Abbey. We are enjoying Great Expectations. Everybody's fallen in love with Pip. Because Pip is the, uh, the 19-year-old that all the girls are going crackers for. And then there was the rumour that Girls Aloud are going to get together in 2012. Now, I'm trying to scotch it, because for music lovers everywhere, you really don't want to hear this, this gaggle of farmyard noises all together on one stage. And there might be good news. They might not get back together, because on the front page of one of the papers this morning, it's, surprise, surprise, Sarah, I've never had a drink in my life, Harding. Little bit of an incident on holiday. OK, that's all I can tell you, that... Uh, Emotional person, Sarah. She's a lot of lot of tragedy in Sarah's life, mainly Sarah, I'm afraid. And so she goes on uh, on to skiing, sorry, skiing place in Austria, and, and she's with her boyfriend, who, for the purposes of this conversation, could be called anybody. Okay, and they're out there, and apparently she was being very nice, ch- chatting away to people in in the only way that Sarah Harding can. And then they go back up to their room because they've got a room in one of these nice places, and then it all kicks off. And apparently the police were called, and it's all, it's all gone a bit, uh, a bit pear-shaped for poor Sarah Harding, who might have come out of rehab just a little bit too early. You know, we saw her walking through, I think, Rice Slip the other day. It's enough to send anybody back to re- rehab, I think, Rice Slip. We've been to re- rehab or Rice Slip. They're roughly the same kind of places. And I'm <laughs> excited about that because I know people in Rice Slip and they might be listening. So anyway, so, uh, so she's, she's walking through. So now she, she's coming home and she's been on the phone to the police and everybody's very, very miffed about it. And everybody's splitting up this year. Do not start a relationship this year. I'm looking at somebody now who is, who is desperate to find a relationship this year. I mean... So, Desperate, you know, it's, it's almost embarrassing. You know, we've almost started looking at the small ads in Loot and uh, an exchange in Mart. Yes, Loot. Well, no point setting your sights too high, is there? I mean, well, Loot, it's, it's one of those magazines where you go if you want to exchange something. You know, it's, um, 
Do we still have loot? Do we not? We have, we have yeah, check it. I'm sure we still have loot, yeah. You'd, you'd find somebody, you'd find somebody. You, you would find somebody in there. And uh, a lot of, lot of nice sort of people. And uh, caravans and stuff. And, they, uh, and they're, they're, they're keen to meet other people as well. And so uh, Mark from, um, from West... Is that Mark from Westlife? He's split up with his uh, partner. Catherine Jenkins has split up uh, with her partner, Geffen. Uh, Geffen, a little bit too good-looking. Catherine Jenkins, lovely. And um, she's on tour. Who else split up? Oh, then there was... Um, Russell Brand and his uh, Katy Perry. I thought I thought they were they were going. I mean, I've had I've had longer relationships with animals, and they've actually had uh, you know relationships together. It's very sweet. But when you when you get you know people in in show business, show business marriages tend not to work very well unless you can stay well out of it. You know that's why poor old P- P- Peter Andrex can't get a, a date for love nor money. The only one he can actually get is anybody that his agent recommends. So his agent will go, listen, I'm I'm handling. Um, Ellen Rivas, and he goes, who's she? You know, went out with Frank Lampard, got children with him. Why don't you be seen out with her? So they go out for a couple of quasi-dates to get a bit of publicity, and then it all falls apart. Because it's very difficult. If you're in show business, you can't trust anybody. I couldn't go out with anybody around here. You can't go out with anybody in this business, because it's, it's a bit fickle. And, it's, and it, it is a bit of a shame, really. And so that's why many... Jordan will, will probably find a couple of, couple of numpties to hang around with who'll enjoy the publicity. And then when she gets bored with them, she throws them to one side and the kids have to get used to calling somebody else uncle. Good news for Michael Lavelle. Very good news. Although, Michael, the charges against him, which is probably the best news he's ever heard in his entire life when you've got that hanging over you. But strangely enough, he's on holiday... At the moment, the place where he was staying, the newspapers yesterday went round and said, oh, by the way, uh, he'll, um, he'll, he'll, he'll be very pleased, uh, Michael, that they've, they've dropped the charges against him. So the people living in the house, well, it was, exactly, there, weren't, there, there was nothing to answer because they said they didn't have a, they didn't have a case. So, uh, so he, was, he was then breathing a sigh of relief. But he didn't know about this yet. He's on holiday. So... For some inexplicable reason, the newspapers knew that nothing was going to happen before he knew about it. How does that work out? Does that mean that there's still somebody within the police force who's phoned up somebody in the newspaper and got they're, they're, they're not taking it any further? Because would you have not thought that the person who was involved in the case would be the one that they would talk to first, as opposed to talking to a newspaper? So they go and knock on the door of where he's staying at the moment, and the people there say, well, I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted. He doesn't know about it yet. It was on the front pages of the papers yesterday, but he was on holiday. So the papers knew about it before he did. Surely that's wrong. Surely that's wrong. Ridiculous. Helen Flanagan stopped smoking, because lots of people are stopping things, aren't they? People stop doing things in, in, the, in the new year. I'm going to stop biting my nails. It didn't work, actually, because I started again yesterday. So I need to find a thing to stop doing that. People stop smoking, and, uh, and they go on diets. I'll probably go to a gym this year. I think I might go to a gym and do a little bit of working out, you know, a little bit of, uh, little bit of body pressing or whatever they call it, or pumping iron or step work. Do something. Perhaps I'll cycle. Provided the weather gets better, I might go and do a bit of cycling just to make myself feel good. And well done to Prince, uh, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, who walked half a mile to church the other day and got uh, clapped all the way down the line by all the people who turned up to see the royal family. So that was good news. Uh, the Queen took, took the Bentley... And he decided to stroll with, with Prince Edward. 
by science. So people were obviously... He was, I mean, it shows how good these stents are. When you have this, this stent work done, you go from, I can't walk, to... I mean, I walked the whole length of Brighton Seafront two days after I'd had mine done, which in itself I thought was, was a bit of an achievement. So uh, I felt very, very good about that. Very good. And he obviously felt better. So he's done his, his half-mile walk. So well done to him. And uh, well done to everybody else who managed to make it through Christmas. Because it's just non-stop eating. Just non-stop eating this year. I mean, every time you think, well, what day is it today? I mean, I went out and I did... I nipped into Waitrose for New Year's Eve to buy their little... Um, they don't have a name, actually. Little Yorkshire puddings with a little piece of roast beef in the middle. Which were quite delicious, but in the halogen oven, they cook in about three minutes, less than that. So you've got to be very careful. You don't want them to come out so the, uh, the actual uh, Yorkshire bit is rock hard. And so I, had, I found an old found a bread roll in the kitchen the other day. I found it behind the toaster. It was hiding. So I said, how long's that been there? But anyway, so I had these things, and they were very nice. Polished off a few trays. It's probably those, actually, made me ill, I should imagine. <laughs> it's not very good. And well done to Annie Norris. Annie was so self-conscious as a teenager, she hated getting changed for P.E. How many of us hated that? I used to hate getting changed for P.E. You know, you, 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 you take your gym kit and you try and think of excuses so that you didn't have to go to P.E. because we had a fairly sadistic P.E. master who, when you'd finished doing P.E., it didn't matter what, what the weather was, you came in, you had to take everything off and go into the showers. And nobody would, so you'd run round the shower as fast as possible. Nobody wanted to hang around at all. You just wanted to get in, get out, and get changed again. And uh, so th- this girl was sort of bullied at school. So what is she now? She's um, she's actually had acne, flat chest, she had everything really. But she's now been crowned queen of the pole dancers. So that's fantastic. She's actually just got an award, and she's been crowned the UK's top pole dancer. So well done her, which is fantastic. Uh, she later blossomed into a busty blonde and now, having won the national pole dancing contest, despite breaking her foot before, she said, it's turned my life around. She said, I am living proof that if you want something enough, you can make it happen. The bullies didn't get to me, which is lovely, but I'd have thought anything better than pole dancing. I would have thought something better than pole dancing. I don't know where, where you rate pole dancing in the great scheme of things. I don't rate it too high, I'm afraid. I just think it's a bit naff. It's a bit like stripping, only it's on a pole. And some people have got thighs like sequoias, and they can cling on to these poles. I, mean, I couldn't, couldn't even lift myself up with my hands, let me tell you. Um, and here is uh, Sam for Ears, another deluded person from The Only Wears Essex. And one of the TV critics has said, be glad to see the back of it this year, because their 15 minutes is up. Unfortunately, dreary Sam is still droning. The rubbish this girl comes out with, you cannot believe. She said, I'm proud to have put Essex on the map. You haven't put Essex on the map, dear. It was on the map before. I don't know whether you're that dim that you weren't really... It's always been on the map. You know, unfortunately, the lower end, the low rent end, you, you've actually put on the map because the rest of Essex has distanced itself from you as fast as possible. She says here, I'm a role model for young girls. No, you're not. You're absolutely not a role model for anybody at all. She says, young fans come up to... Oh, God, you are deluded. Young fans come up to me and tell me that they're inspired by the fact that I'm making a go of my life. I think you haven't done anything on them. What do you think you've done? What do you seriously think you've done? You cannot be that dumb. You cannot seriously believe that you've done something with your life. You were picked by a casting director who went, we'll have you, you, you and you, and you're told to do something. You haven't turned your life around. She says, before the only way is Essex, I trained with the UK Olympics gymnastics team. So I thought, oh, that's quite something. When she was eight, 
When she was eight, for goodness sake. She hasn't done anything for donkey's years. Because then she discovered boys, as they all do at around the age of 15. She says here, um, my ambitions are sky high. I don't just want to be known for being a celebrity. You're not. You're not known for anything at all. You're known for sort of lots of words coming out of your mouth, but they mean nothing. The drivel you're coming up with. She says, I don't have any wish to return to normal life. You need to analyse what you're saying, my dear. I mean, you really do talk the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever read. 84850, uk, uh, or 08456060973. Uh, they reckon this year's going to be a, a tough year, but we, we, we're going to come through it, and we're going to do very well because of the Olympics, the Diamond Jubilee, and now they're saying a Brit could win Wimbledon. I don't think so. I don't want to put the mockers on it, but to be honest with you, we're just not up with the with the standard, I think, that the rest of the world puts in. I mean, I know that they say that Andy Murray's world number four. He's been runner-up in three grand slams. And that's it, I'm afraid. We're always runner-up. We're always the bridesmaids. We're never the bride. We never quite push her. Because we just don't seem to have that determination. I mean, I could never understand in, you know, in all my life how Tim Henman managed to get that far, having lost everything. He never actually sort of... He didn't win Wimbledon. It was all the little fans on. Number 10 in the world? What's that? What's the point of being number 10? It'll be number one in the world. What's the point of being loser? I'm afraid. And the fans on on Henman Hill, as they named it. A lot of dribbling people. They shout, hey, Tim, Tim. And he, he, like, like he cares. He's happily doing his, his washing powder advert and sort of coining money. Yes, come on, Tim, they were going. Of course, he couldn't hear. Very wisely put earplugs in and sort of drown out the sound. Come on, Tim. Uh, I think this year we're going to get the iPhone 5. I think we're also going to get cheap holidays. And we might finally, they say, discover life on Mars. That'll please all the sceptics, won't it? Life on Mars. Yeah, but when they say life on Mars, that just could be a little drop of water with something. It doesn't mean actually people walking around. Although I'm much, uh, I'm, I'm totally convinced that people love to believe in these little things. It's like earlier on. It's amazing, isn't it? You, you start discussing religion on the radio, and immediately everybody's up in arms about it, because nobody can ever agree. Everybody thinks their religion is the only one. So I'm hedging my bets with everybody, because come the day of judgment, which could be this year, I want to make sure I'm in with the winning team. I don't want to have to be sort of hanging around with the losers. So I'm, I'm going for everybody's religion. Because no, people within their own religions even argue. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's Christianity or Muslim or Judea, everybody argues. Nobody seems to know what the... You know, so you get one group of people saying one thing, another group of people saying another thing, and that's, and that's how it goes. Was it ever thus, I'm afraid? Was it ever thus that people argue over religion? You never find, you know, you, I mean, you've got people fighting at the, uh, the so-called uh, site of the birth of Christ. All, all the different groups there who are, who are mastermind or, or sort of minded to look after the actual site, the little church in Bethlehem, were fighting because whoever apparently cleans it the most has rights over it. It's just ridiculous. Even in religion, people are arguing, which is horrible, really. But there again, religion is the cause of most wars throughout the, uh, throughout the world. Uh, England cricket could ride high. Kylie, 25 years in the business. 25 years. She's 43. It's also a leap year, girl. So if you're desperate to get your man up the aisle... Then Feb the 29th is the date women are traditionally allowed to propose. Just don't let him off the hook when it comes to buying a sparkler. Because you've got that girl, haven't you? Uh, Rochelle Wiseman. I think she's just got engaged to one of the lads from JLS. 
and they're going to get married. She's 22, by the way. So, you know, without putting the mockers on it, I just see that as a cynical exploitation of the magazines to get some money out of them, and it won't last. They're just 22. They're far too young. Far too, I think he's 26, and I think she's... I'm sure she's actually 22, and you think, oh, don't. And then there's the poor model here, whose name's Lucy Clarkson. Lucy, uh, very, 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 very beautiful girl. You can see she's a model, and she'd, she used to sit down and they would watch with her husband Katie Price's reality show and cringe together. Her husband uh, was pictured with Jordan. I mean, you know, there is low rent and there is low rent. He says, I cannot believe my Michael is out with that horrible girl. And and to be honest with you, it is. It's, you know, when, when you've got a really super stunning model like Lucy Clarkson and then the husband has been seen out... With, uh, with Jordan, it's a bit naff. Although the good news is, actually, that we have seen practically the back of, uh, of Phil, her makeup artist, and uh, and his his boyfriend. They've not been in the papers for ages, so that can only be good news. Very good news there. And then what everybody's talking about today, and everybody was talking about yesterday and a week ago, breast implants. Apparently, there are 40,000 women who have these silicon breast implants. It's obviously quite common. Karen Barber's just had her breasts enlarged. Karen Barber was the one who... Uh, is one of the judges on the Dancing on Ice and fell out with with Jason Gardner, which, of course, I loved, loved it, loved it, loved it, because he really put her in her place. And she was so hoity-toity about the whole thing because she's going out with one half of Torville and Dean. She's going out with Christopher Dean. And uh, she was firmly put in her place. And uh, and he said, what do you do? And all that wonderful, wonderful spat. It was a, but it was, a, it was a real proper thing. And she was always off the panel. Now he's off the panel as well. And so they put on... God help us, Louis Spence. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Jason Louis, yeah, but even so, Jason knows what he's talking about. Louis Spence is just some Mary from the dance studio, pineapple dance studio, flings himself around and behaves like an embarrassment. You know, it's, it's just not really up, up to the usual standards. But they have put Christine Bleakley on with, uh, with Pip Schofield. So that'll be boring, won't it? Because even Adrian Charles is saying, I was right to be fired from Daybreak. He said, who wants to wake up looking at me? Well, nobody. And then, of course, you've got her. Hi, yeah, every morning. And, I mean, and he said, he said, but she should have kept her job. Why? Why? She was useless. Use- hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. It was awful. It was just dreadful. But anyway, so they're all having the, these breast implants now. And, and what, what's in them is industrial filler. Now, I had no idea, because men tend, tend not to do this kind of thing. I know that men can have it done... Because I've seen somebody and interviewed somebody who's had a lot of work done on their body to give them that full of figure, you know, to make it look as though they've got pecs. And yeah, so you can have these silicon bags inserted. Yes, it's yes, like Darren Lyons on Big Brother, that strange pap man who mostly also seems to have fallen off the edge of the scale. He's had his 30... He had them done on his chest, but it looked... And they had... Didn't they have the six-pack thing? You see, I have a six-pack, ladies and gentlemen. I don't, I don't brag about it. I let them think around here that I'm just fat. I don't, you know, I've never taken my shirt off in public, and long may that continue, because there's no, nobody's ever going to want to see my body. They're really, I don't know. We did, we did suggest some time ago a nude LBC 97.3 calendar, because we have the diary for 2012, and I thought the nude calendar, but we could all hide behind something, you know. Nick Ferrari, I think, mainly. <laughs> I mean that in the care. You know, I don't mean that in a rude way, in any other way. Helen says, Debenhams are open today, 10 till 8 at Lakeside. We were open all day yesterday. Would love to sell you a dressing gown today with extra discount till Tuesday. I love it when all the people who work in the shops tell me about it. It's great. Karen says, I work for M&S. We're open today. My store is trading 9.30 to 6. And um, 
Steve, are you looking forward to Celebrity Big Brother, says Dave in Yorkshire. Do you know who's going in? I've, I thought they'd canned the programme. Well, they're actually... They're bringing it back again. God, how dull. We've just had one, haven't we? This is Celebrity Brother. Oh, this is the one that Jennifer Ellison is going into. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Jennifer, uh, how are you? But with a Liverpudlian accent. Um, was in Brookside. And then she's brought out her workout DVD because they managed to find a picture of her about five million years ago when she was fat for about five seconds. And so they put that on the front. It's the biggest pile of tosh you've ever seen. And it's in a lot of the papers say, do not waste your money. OK, told you before, you do not need you will not, if you live to be a thousand, end up looking like her, even following the thing. She had a fitness trainer. Christine, how are you? Bleakley's got a fitness DVD out as well. You don't need these kind of things. You, don't, you really don't need it, ladies. Just walking up and down stairs. Just, and I say ladies because men as well worry about these, uh, these kind of things. Uh, <coughs> uh, uh, Ryan and Hammersmith, I've got loads, thank you. Absolutely loads, loads. He said, every day I tune in, you seem to be on air. I know, fabulous, isn't it? I tell you, can't get enough of it, mate. Cannot get enough of it. Uh, I tell you what we do. We take a very, very quick break. Just to remind you, it's LBC 97.3. And the time now, this Monday morning's bank holiday is 5.30. Morning. Happy New Year. I have to say that because I wasn't here over New Year. I actually had uh, two days off, which was very nice. But here we are. It's bank holiday. So now it's the bank holiday. And, uh, and all these women who have these... These silicon breast implants. 40,000 have got this industrial filler in there. And the main risk <coughs> is, uh, is, I'm afraid, rupture or leakage. This industrial silicon gel can be irritative, uh, increasing the risk of inflammation. Women whose implants have ruptured have complained of pain, lumps and uh, nausea. Uh, the latest government advice... Women with no ill effects have been advised against removal, as it involves major surgery, but that advice could change if evidence is found to back up claims of higher rupture rates. It's just ridiculous. 40,000 people have got these in the past 10 years. It's absolutely... I mean, a breast implant costs apparently around £5,000. And uh, even, if, uh, even if clinics do the surgery at cost, the bill is still around £2,000. And the, the company that supplied all these things has gone into liquidation. So it's, it's almost like you're, you're, you're chasing your tail, aren't you, up a tree, and you're not, you're not going to get anything at the end of it. But I'm assuming that women have it done as a, as a matter of vanity. Would it be vanity, or would it be because people feel inadequate? Because if 40,000 people have got it, I know we're a country of 65 million, but, I mean, 40,000 seems an awful lot, and that's just the ones they know about. There's probably an awful lot of people having these things. Like, in America, they went for that thing where you can have this uh, silicon injected into your bottom, and to give you that bootylicious bum, you have this stuff implanted in. It's just injected in. You can go onto the internet and you can actually have it delivered to your home with a syringe. Why? And Sorry? It's to, to make your bum look big. Yes. Because some people have got flat bottoms and some people have got round bottoms. And the thing became a total vanity for women to have rounded bottoms. So they were injecting themselves with this silicon. I mean, it's just the most ludicrous thing ever to give them this rounded shape. Well, unless you go to somewhere and have it done professionally, and nobody would recommend it, nobody's going to want to do this thing, because it's blooming dangerous. You'd be surprised. Listen, if people stick, you know, a, a freezing compound into your eyes to give you this, because I cannot, and we had this discussion the other day, if you screw up your eyes, you get wrinkles on your forehead. I don't. 
I don't have any wrinkles. Oh, I can screw my eyes up as much, and I don't get any wrinkles. So half my, my godchildren think I've had Botox. They went, Uncle Steve's had... I said, I haven't had Botox. I said, I wouldn't dream of sticking a needle... I have to do needles as it is, but I wouldn't dream of sticking a needle into the side of my eye or in my forehead or my nose. I just wouldn't do it. And so I spent all day yesterday looking in the mirror, trying to get lines on my forehead to prove that I haven't done Botox. But if you've done it, do you do it regularly? Do let me know. 0845 973 And in the grand scheme of things, it would have to be for, for vanity reasons, wouldn't it? I mean, does it work taking away lines around your eyes? Do let me know. Scott! Good morning, Steve. Happy New Year to you. Oh, I do hope so. <laughs> it can't be worse, can it? Uh, no, it can't get worse, really. I must admit, I just had the most fantastic Christmas of my life. Where did you go? Egypt. Did you go to Sharm El Sheikh? Yes. How do you know Sharm El Sheikh? Because yes. everybody goes there. Because if you say to somebody, where, where have you gone in Egypt? They go, Sharm El Sheikh. Because yes, it's all so... in one resort, full of Russians... Oh my God! They're so rude. The yes, they're Russians. So rude. But they've got. But the but the booze there, I'm told, is very expensive. Well, I we don't know. We went all inclusive, so we didn't go out drinking. We just oh, stayed in the hotel. Very drinking, wise. Really. Very wise. <laughs> so you but, did Charmel Shake. So you did you do the the usual things? Did you do the uh, the scuba diving and stuff like that? Well, I'm blind. I'm uh, partially uh, severely partially sighted. Not much use so, to you then, really. So it's not much use. But I went <laughs> on a, a submarine boat, saw the fish out out, out there. Right. Uh, but the Christmas dinner, I thought, right, we're going to have Christmas dinner here. I thought, what are we going to do? Yes. We had the turkey. What? The Brussels sprouts were out of this world. Really? They were, they were cooked to perfection. Good grief. You would have died on Brussels sprouts. Right, that's it. There. Cancel the programme. I'm off to Charmel Shake. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's no gravy. But they had this sauce with it. I thought, we've got the bread sauce, we've got the stuffing, got the turkey, roast oh. potatoes, carrots, Brussels sprouts. I thought, what's this sauce here? It's a chestnut sauce. Ooh. And, oh. Oh, lovely. It was absolutely Beautiful. So, have, have, have you been away at Christmas before? No, we've never done it. So I thought, Interesting. Christmas all is the same. You know, we own the presents, have the dinner, go to sleep, wake up, watch EastEnders. Yes. Enough to commit, so go away and have mm. a two weeks relaxation. And, and how, we, how, how much did it cost? Uh, it cost a bit of money, about £39 each. Right. £39. But if I went up north mm. and booked it and flew from Gatwick... Get cheaper. It'd have been cheaper. That yes. doesn't make sense to me. It yes. doesn't make sense whatsoever. No, you, 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 you can't explain why things cost the way they do. I booked some flights the other day to Las Vegas, and I got a really good deal. We, we, we're going premium economy, not till later in the year, because oh, that's really nice premium. It's, oh, God, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You get loads of leg room and you get nice food. Oh, it's really nice, premium economy. Very good. On Virgin. On Virgin. And uh, do the old jokes about why would you want to go with an airline that won't go all the way. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So um, so we're actually going. And the, the price the other day was 1,100 return. Checked it yesterday. It's gone up to 1,400 because the flights fluctuate left. And I don't think we're going to get a better deal than that. <clears throat> so we booked it with, with Virgin, and we'll do that later in the year. All I've got to do now is uh, is just book the car in. I do this this valet parking, and the reason I do the valet parking is I can drive the car up there. You literally stop by the terminal, and they a, a man will meet you. Perfect stranger, and he just drives the car straight off. It's the last you ever see of it, but it's great because I've got it insured. And, uh, and you, you, you take all your stuff out of the car, and then you've already signed the form, and off it goes. And that's and that's great. Unfortunately, they they never wash it. You'd think it would come back valeted, wouldn't you? <coughs> never had it valeted once, actually, which is a little bit of a disappointment to me. 
But uh, I thought we got a good deal on the flight. I mean, you might find that the flights drop down again. I think there's going to be a price war this year. I think all the uh, the travel agents, um, because I think there's going to be a number of shops closing this year. Many of the uh, the biggest discounts will be offered in the height of the school holidays, I would think. Uh, the Olympics are expected to keep many Brits at home. So people will stay here. There's one here, uh, a week's half board for a family of four in Fuerteventura in the Canaries, which is quite nice, the Canaries. The weather's nice. It's duty-free island, so that's good. Uh, and there's a, a, a week there uh, for 2,198. That's down from 2,700 with air tours, saving of £514. Uh, debt-ridden Thomas Cook has announced the closure of 200 shops, but they've got seven nights self-catering in Turkey from Glasgow, saving £444, 2220 down to 1780 And I think you're going to be getting that all over the board. I think, you know, as you've just heard, going away on holiday for Christmas and booking in some is actually nice. It takes away the pain of having to suffer, doing the same things. You know, we eat Christmas lunch, somebody will have an argument, and at the end of lunch you'll sit down and somebody will come, the kids will come round with a quality, because the kids have got boundless energy, all the adults want to do is sleep. And the kids come round with a quality, like a quality strip, like a quality strip, like a Frere Rocher, something like that. And so they, they, they come round, and then we, and we, I couldn't eat anything else. I could not eat anything else. After Christmas lunch this year, I was so stuffed. I was absolutely, e- and I thought, no, no, no. I'm, and I, I did get... I did get uh, text messages from a friend of mine. I, I, I won't tell you who this who this person is. Uh, I will I will just tell you that um, there's one here. It says it says Happy New Year, Steve, from this person. Are you still digesting those five trays of roast beef and Yorkshire pudding? I've just eaten my body weight in pate, and I texted back and said I've eaten them all, and I'm now tethered because I'm a barrage balloon. <laughs> so this person wrote back and says I'm the size of a retirement bungalow. <laughs> and it went backwards and forwards. And um, I, I said, I think I'm Butlin's minehead. I think a small forklift might be needed to get me to work. <laughs> this person wrote back and said, I can probably order in heavy lifting gear. It's very funny. So we're doing that. Because you do, you just eat over Christmas. Nothing else to do because television was so depressed. We're eating to get over the depression of the rubbish television programmes. I mean, to be honest, as I said before Christmas, I couldn't care less whether Pat dies in EastEnders. It's a, it's a soap opera. All they're doing it for is ratings. They're just killing a character off and they're going, how can we do this? How can we do this? <laughs> That's what they do. From tomorrow, I have to tell you, this programme starts a bit earlier. We've decided to send Christo home. I'm in the building. And to be honest, I was getting a bit bored sitting upstairs. Nothing worse than the other. I was sitting up there. And I, and, and, and I never like to overpeak. I like to sort of just hit my little plateau. And I had to sort of build up to it. So from tomorrow morning, this programme will start at four. OK, four till 6.30. I finish half an hour earlier. So it's four till 6.30. And then there's a brand new programme at 6.30 to 7, leading into, into Nick's breakfast. So that's from tomorrow morning. OK, just so you mark it down. Abigail says, have a happy new year. Yes, I mean, I like sending... I mean, I got... Lo- Do you get loads of messages on uh, new year? I, I sent loads of cards to everybody, which were sent just after midnight. So they got their happy... You didn't get anything at all. Do you get any text messages to your phone, Joe, or anything like that? Nothing at all. About 14 to the... To the <laughs> sorry, to the phone. And uh, about another 30, you know, from sort of family and friends. Which is quite normal, isn't it? It's not, I mean, it's not, I mean in, in the scheme of things, it's nothing, but it does make you feel very, you've got nothing at all. No, but there's a reason for that. 
because nobody knows your phone number. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you'd been like me, shunted it around to every, every call box in London and put it, you know, Steve and, and my phone number, that's why I was getting Happy New Year messages. Otherwise, I wouldn't have got anything at all. Uh, so they are going to start the, uh, the price war for the holidays, which is good news. Daftest person of the year is apparently uh, Nancy Delolio, nuttier than a bag of pistachios. I mean, to be honest with you, the, more the, you know, the sooner this stupid woman disappears, the, the happier we'll all be. Although, sadly, nobody knows her in Italy, which is where she comes from. Uh, Adriana says, I look like a dad of 73 on television. Yes. And, yes, I would go along with that. I think you and that other woman you presented would look like the Dolmio couple. Is it Dolmio? Well, you've got Mum and Papa in the kitchen, and they both look so old. I can just about open the top of that uh, those sauce. Uh, lots of people we liked in the year, except for Katie Price. Uh, now most famous for her boyfriend breakups. You know, another boyfriend, another person to introduce to the kids. Who cares? The programmes are dreary. They don't rate any more. And uh, they say here she's going to have to date a big A-list star to get properly back in the public's radar. Bit unlikely. Bit undid drugs. So she sat down and played back the TV programme to them where she's talking about drugs. You know, a waste of space, I'm afraid. Not sure what else there is for this lady to go to, says Katie Hind, reporting in the... Uh, the people yesterday, they say there isn't even a reality TV show for just starring. Nice girl, but career finished. Finished. And the only way is Essex crew. Mark Wright has already ditched this sinking ship. Others are expected to leave in their drove, so curtains for this lot. They've been very lucky, she says, to have had their 15 minutes. Plus, I'm not the only one to be 100% over the bizarre love lives of Sam for Ears, a delusional baggage at the best of times. Lauren Goodyear. I'm afraid. Kirk Norcross and any everybody else turns up there. She says, we're not well gel of you, so shut up and do one. Same goes for desperate scouse wives. I like that idea, because nobody goes ream. Nobody in Essex does it. Only silly little girls' blouses, like poor little Joey Essex. Nobody goes ream and well gel and this kind of stuff. It's some strange little bizarre language that only appears to be in Brentwood. Doesn't seem to move outside of the uh, of there at all. So, girls back inside. Lucy, do try and learn how to be an adult in, uh, in, your, in your day job. And uh, Sam and your dreary sister, just go away, OK? You're not businesswomen. You're just very silly, overexposed girls. Morning, Happy New Year. I feel I can say that now because you're all in bed going, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. But many of you would have had 12 days off. You must be bored out of your minds by now. Well, 12, if you take from before Christmas. And, and most people didn't go back last week at all. And so, I mean, for many of the people around here, one day... I mean, I, I got the, the weekend off, which was very nice indeed. You know, and I, I, I quite like having, having my weekends off, but I'm contracted to work like, like everybody else is. But uh, people out there in the, in the other world... Or actually, it's about 12 days. And then Jean says, you're taking your decorations uh, uh, down today. Why? It's not 12th night. They come down on 12th night, which is the uh, 6th of January. It's always the 6th. Always the 6th they come down. Although I do know some people leave them up longer and it's bad luck. If, if you've got lights, Joe hasn't even put his up yet. But there again, he didn't get any messages wishing him a happy new year. So it's all a bit dark. It's a bit Scrooge in your place, isn't it, by the sound of it? It's a little bit bar, bar humbug. Well, I'd heard, but I didn't like to say... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit rude of me. Um, don't forget, James Max is here for breakfast today. Nick Ferrari's back tomorrow, but uh, today they'll be looking at the Hammersmith flyover. It's still closed because we are told that they're working on the inside of it. Well, tell me, what are they, pixies? I've driven underneath it. I've had a look up. I've stopped. I've had a, there's nobody working on it. 
I don't know what they're doing. Perhaps they're just going, well, we'll have another discussion over there. Another cup of tea, anybody? Another cup of tea. And sit down and discuss what they're doing. Because I haven't seen anybody working like I don't know what they're supposed to be doing, because I can't remember what it was that was wrong with the place to start with. Let's, of course, you know differently. 0845 6060 Love to hear from you this morning. Uh, plus, that long-awaited report from the Commission on Assisted Dying. Uh, it's expected, I think, to recommend that those who help others to die shouldn't face prosecution. And also, why the West End shops are bucking the high street trend. I should have come up to town yesterday. Apparently it was all open. A friend of mine phoned me from Oxford Street and said it's all buzzing up here. And I I was going to go up there. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered now. I mean, you got to go up there, park the car. Richmond, as I drove through yesterday, which was deserted, traffic wardens out on the street. They're so caring, Richmond Borough Council. They really want to encourage you to come into the neighbourhood and embrace the culture that is Richmond, which is 24-hour traffic wardens. I mean, they really hate you so much there in the council that I'm surprised any of the shops do any business whatsoever. It's uh, Marvin Humes who's got engaged to Rochelle Wiseman. She's the one called all like that. She's, she's, a, she's got a little bit of a butch voice. She's not, not very feminine, Rochelle. And uh, he looks quite sweet. He's, he's, of course, a lot older than her. She's uh, 22. He's 26. But apparently her, her, her bandmates... Molly King, Una Healy, Frankie Sanford, another one out of rehab. Something about people going to rehab last year. And uh, are all equally loved up and on the brink. Which is lovely, isn't it? So they can all have the same sort of weddings, which in a year's time will be going, didn't they get married? Yeah, but that was, that was last year. Heavens above, people, people don't stay married now. And then they're also hoping, you know, <coughs> that they're all going to get involved with the wedding, you think, what, doesn't she have any other friends? Has she only got her friends in the band? They go, and so to be a bridesmaid. And so you think, oh, how dull. You know, it's like me sort of, you know, getting married and inviting everybody from here. You know, I mean, it just wouldn't happen. Just, no, no, not even matron of honour, Joe. Not even matron of honour. Dermot O'Leary is eyeing up hosting the X Factor USA after Simon Cowell hinted Steve Jones is to get the push. Sorry, Dermot. Listen, if Steve Jones wasn't good enough, you're way down the pecking order, mate. They, they could have had you first time round, but they weren't interested. And uh, Trudy Styler has revealed now that her and Sting's eight-hour SEX sessions were, in fact, a fib. He'd had a few drinks with Bob Geldof, and they made it up during an interview. And so people have now talked about because I think they do tantric SEX, which apparently, I don't know what it involves. It sounds, it sounds a little bit dull, if you ask me. It's, it sort of involves doing strange, weird shapes. Let's get the producer to try that one a little bit later on, actually. You sort of, you sort of do these weird, wonderful things, and that's supposed to be good for eight hours. What a load of old rubbish. What to, and let's face it, to be honest with you, as long as it takes to boil a kettle is far too long, as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, you, you might know differently, I think. Uh, one Direction's Zane Malik was very embarrassed. He was dancing naked in his house and the cleaner opened the door and caught him. Uh, not so as embarrassed as to be dancing to the Bee Gees' Night Fever. A little bit worrying there, but of course obviously not singing, because I'm not totally convinced that they can actually sing. And, um, and everybody else from, um, from, from, the, from the groups wishing people the very best. That was what I, that was what I culled from yesterday's papers. Today... Uh, I got the ridiculous Jennifer Ellison, who's going into the Dancing on Ice, flogging her her diet DVD, her thing that if you exercise, you're going to be thin. She's naturally thin. The picture they printed was taken so many years ago, it doesn't even belong. It's just, it's just fraudulent use of a picture. 
because, you know, we've all got pictures taken at some point. But put it this way, they say here, my shame that made me lose five stone. No, it was the offer of £150,000, I'm assuming. I'm not that stupid or naive. Sarah Harding on the front again. Oh dear, you need to get some help, for God's sake, woman. You really do. And Louis Walsh has lost £8 million. Pounds. I thought they were going to say he's lost eight stone, actually. Uh, because Louis, who's just not very good on the television. He's, he's a sweetie, but he's just not, he's not telly-friendly. He invested in property. And, of course, the bottom fell out the market. But um, he says it could have been worse. He owns six homes. He's now concentrating on his art collection. You can only hazard a guess as to what sort of art Louis... I can't imagine what art Louis Walsh collects. I shouldn't imagine he knows anything about art at all. Do you think so? I can't imagine that Louis Walsh... Yes. But, Simon... This one's... You're going all the way to a Rembrandt. You are a star to Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> you know, just... You are so 100% going through. Are you? 110%. It's the same... I think he sits there and reads them. And then we all, uh... We all sort of pick up on them, which is very funny, actually. Uh, one here. Uh, Glenn, I can't comment on that at all. As you know, if it's a trial, I can't, I'm afraid. Uh... 84850, steve.lbc.co.uk. And uh, another one here. Um, this is uh, some, uh, people watching EastEnders. I don't know, actually. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not really interested. They've got a programme tonight on Channel 5, and it's called The Wedding Planner. And who have they got? Jedward. I mean, really. They're, they're silly. They're silly little children. They should go away and learn how to grow up. You know, they're 18, pushing 19. They vote. These idiots vote. They're stupid people. Shouldn't encourage them. They're not funny at all. They're not funny. They're stupid little children. Annoying. And people who like them are very annoying as well. Which, of course, goes without saying. Uh, other stories of the papers. Oh, this is uh, Wayne Rooney. Find a week's wages of a quarter of a million over a bust-up with Alex Ferguson. Oh, no more hair transplants for you then, Wayne. Wayne. And so he has got his... Uh, his thing here. The angry striker was axed from the Manchester United team that lost 3-2 to Blackburn on Saturday after he had a Boxing Day meal with two teammates. The hair's ever so funny now. I do like his hair. It looks like it's been... Have you ever seen this advert on the television? I saw it the other day. And I don't know if anybody's bought it. It's for people who are receding and losing a bit. And you get what can only be described as looks like a, um, a salt shaker. And you shake hair out of it. And then... And they show it. And then it... it what it is, it looks a bit like... And and then you sort of then you spray it to make sure it doesn't move, and this apparently means that that people think you've got a full head of hair. And I'm thinking, okay, that's fine because a lot of men get a bit worried about that. But then at some point you're going to comb your hair, or in fact you're going to get a hair dryer, go like that, and it's going to and people are going to go, whoa, where's your hair gone? It's been sucked up by the hair dryer, and you're going to go, it it was spray on hair, and it's about forty quid, I think, and it's a, for a month's worth. It's just. Just go bald naturally, gentlemen. Don't, please. It's just... Because we all know it's fake. It's like, if you see somebody walking down the road and they're wearing a syrup, you know it's a syrup. You know it is, because none of the... Elton John, with all the money in the world, Frank Sinatra, with all the money in the world, you know that they wear wigs. At some point, they take it off. And it just doesn't look right. Just go bald. I know it's probably really embarrassing to some people. It's OK if you've, if you've got... A full head of hair. That's great. And if you're losing hair, just get used to it. Listen, some people without without much, you know, hair are very attractive. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not attractive, you don't have hair. But it's this vanity that they play on. And so I'm constantly watching 
you know, people who put... It's like people put product in their hair, you know, and, and thinking it makes a difference. And it doesn't make any difference. At all. But they're so used to doing it every day. It's like a routine. It's like take two bottles into the shower. Used to be the advert for wash and go, as you washed your hair and watch it disappear down the plug hole if you were losing it. I mean, take two... Of course you take two bottles into the shower. I've got six bottles in the shower. I've got an exfoliant... And I've got a hair shampoo, a body shampoo, and uh, and then I've got another exfoliant as well. So it's about five five bottles or something like that. You know, which I, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm sitting in the shower and I've got a, a mitt as well, you know, one of these, it looks like an oven glove, and you put that on and then you, you wet it and then you put some shampoo and then you can do your all it. And it's really lovely. I've got quite a few of them, actually. They're not very expensive. I think you get them all over the place. And I really like that. I re- it's, like, it's, it's like a flannel. Only you can hang it up at the end of the day, because I love my flannels. Although I did wash two towels my brother bought me over Christmas. They're, they're red. I'd asked for some red towels. And I washed them with my yellow towels. And now my yellow towels have got bits of red all over them. And they've sort of taken on this, this bloom, which doesn't quite fit in with my colour scheme, which is sort of gross. And at the moment, so I've, I've got all these, ta- I've got towels everywhere. I mean, I've got, I see towels and I go, I like that. I'll buy that as a, as a, as a towel. And it does go. But if, if you watch the, uh, I'm assuming that she has died, hasn't she? Yes, it's January the 2nd, so Pat must have died in, in EastEnders, which is, uh, which is very sad. It's only a soap. It's not real. You know, it's just an actress. She'll pop up on TV chat shows and things like that, talking about what it was like to die on television. You know, Celeb Family Fortunes, or something like that. That was really dire the other day. There was one... Fa- I didn't even know the family were. It was really, really awful. Terrible, terrible. Um, lovely um, one from Nora here. It says, uh, I heard your In Conversation with Simon Callow yesterday and loved it. He, Simon, said something along the lines of not forgetting your audience and how watching or listening to a play or broadcast can help change somebody's mood or life. And I'm hoping that you took that as also applying to yourself. Over the years, we've been infinitely invaluable, you have, to so many people. Nice, isn't it? Especially as we're going to 2012, and we're still doing it. And we're still, do- we're still doing it with a smile. Because sometimes, when you- I mean, the sm- I didn't feel at all well this morning. I mean, I'm feeling a lot better now, but that's sort of Dr. Microphone that's helping me through it. And, and I really didn't feel at all well. So I got up and I thought, oh, I'm not- I don't feel very well. And you know when you sit there thinking, I did it once and Christo, luckily, was still here. And I said, you're going to have to to start the programme, because I'm just not... I started doing it. I thought, I'm not going to go any further. And so I needed an hour off, and I had to sort of pull myself back together again. Very... I hate doing things like that. I really... I really... I hate that that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's not me to be ill. So when I finish time, I'm going to go home and put my feet up. No, I'm not. I'm going to get a dressing gown. I'm going to get a dressing gown, because I've decided sale time is my time. Because I've not... Somebody said to me the other day, have you treated yourself to anything? So if your treat this year is, uh, is to go on holiday, where are you going to go... If you've got an answer about the Hammersmith flat, why don't we just pull it down? Just make a grand... Do a spaghetti junction kind of thing there. It's quite clearly not going to open for a while, is it? What did they tell us? Beginning of January. Well, we're at the beginning. Let's see how much further we go in. We'll talk about that on The Breakfast Show with uh, with James Max. And did you go to Roman Abramovich's New Year's bash? Me neither. He only spent five million. What a measly... What a measly bash that must have been. Especially when he realised that the ghastly Eccleston girls' wedding cost 12 million. 12 million pounds for a wedding. And uh, Roman Abramovich, only five million. Ah, how the poor are living, ladies and gentlemen. On FM, online and... Good morning. Happy New Year. It's LBC 97.3. You're probably still recovering, aren't you, from the, uh, from the amount of food that, uh, that we've consumed. We have consumed a 
just so much food over the last few days. I, th- I think some people hibernate. They stay in, they order all this food in, and they systematically work their way through it. I bought some crumpets the other day, and and I, I quite I quite like the idea of crumpets, but I'm sure they're not good for me. And I had them with peanut butter on. And I think that's possibly even worse. I don't know what you're supposed to put on crumpets. Is it Marmite? Because I was reading all the diets have started today in the papers. All the diets have started. So if you're starting a diet today, don't buy a celebrity DVD. Please don't buy a celebrity DVD. I'd hate to think you've contributed to somebody who, you know, with, with the best will in the world, they're not doing it because they care about you. They're doing it because it pays them a lot of money. Because most of the so-called celebrities over the years, and there aren't as many this year, but most of these people, they're not, they're not fat anyway. So they've got no idea what it's like if you are fat, because otherwise you'd be taking my advice and going out for a walk now. Not necessarily at this particular moment, but you could go out little and often, little portions, exercise, not pushing yourself to look. You don't have to go out and buy special clothing to do exercise. You just you can go out in your normal clothes if you wear twin set and pearls. If you're listening, Derek, that's fine. And you can go out. You just go for a normal walk. Just do a normal walk, you know, just push it a little bit further every day. So if you do half a mile first day, do half a mile and a little bit. Sort of go, every time you go for a walk, go, I'll just go to the next corner. And I bet you anything, by the time you get to the end of the week, you'll be so far away from your house, you won't know where you live. You just you just keep going a little bit further, a little bit further out. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, says Paul. He says, um... He says, like yourself, over 39, I stayed in New Year's Eve. I object to paying £30 to go into somewhere that I can go into free any other time. <coughs> Shop hours today, Sunday, so many supermarkets should be open. Yes, I was quite disappointed. Quite disappointed. Good luck for tomorrow, though. He says, I thought I'd get into practice, and I was up at 3.30 this morning. Four o'clock tomorrow. So that's very good. Well done. He says, what, happened, uh, what happens at 6.30? It's going to be a new, new programme at 6.30. I'll let them, them tell you all about it. He says, have you seen Channel 4's advert for itself on New Year's Eve? Heston, Kirsty, Mr Wass and JLS. <laughs> I do think Aston, Polly put the kettle on, Marigold's new hairstyle. It's a bit of a worry. Oh, and got Quan as well. Half expected to see the product placement. I'll tell you what I thought was hilarious the other day. I, thought it was, I have to mention it because I thought it was so funny. And it was... New Year's Eve, or must be a New Year's Day concert, from Vienna. And it was from uh, one of the palaces, not Schönbrunn, it was the other palace, which will come to me in a moment. And it was introduced by Petrock Trelawney. Petrock Trelawney used to be on LBC, a terribly, terribly posh presenter, terribly posh, and didn't quite fit into LBC. It wasn't, wasn't quite his sort of style. But anyway, so that, that was neither here nor there. But he was obviously doing a similar broadcast. So you've got the Vienna Boys Choir, you've got the Vienna Orchestra, all put out by the ORF, and they were doing it as a, as a simul broadcast. So he was doing it for the radio, but they were playing his voiceover on the television. And, I, and what I thought was funny about the whole thing, this was a BBC production. And at the end, at the end of it, Petrock Trelawney said, I kid you not, with, with loads of gravity, uh, this programme is brought to you by Rolex. I thought, a sponsored programme on the BBC? How does that work? How does that work? Is somebody coining it left, right and centre? It was unbelievable. This programme was brought to you by Rolex. But the nice thing was, that who was in the audience, sitting up there over... Dame Judy. Yes, there she was. Oh, it's just so wonderful. Just so wonderful to see her. She was up there and she looked, she looked great. Good old Julie. So, uh, that, it was just the... Um, 
it was just the sponsorship tag at the very end of it. I couldn't, couldn't quite get my head round, unless anybody else noticed it and probably thought it was uh, uh, very interesting. <laughs> Steve says, uh, Maggie, I don't know how I could start my morning without you. A very happy New Year, and I hope you have many, many more. Yes, I hope so too. I don't know what your hopes and, um, and fears are for the year ahead. 08456060973. What, what do you think this year is going to bring? What will this year bring? I, don't, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough year for some people. I really do. I think it's going to be tough. I'm, I'm going to buy. I'm going to start wearing sweaters this year. I'm going to start buying sweaters. I think, you know. Not and also, I get told off by Nick Ferrari for wearing short sleeve shirts. He hates short sleeve shirts, and I quite like short sleeve shirts because I don't like to get too hot. So I might have to do that. And uh, there's another one here. This is overweight Britons who are living in denial over the size of their waistline. Now, I don't know how many of you know what your waist size is, because anybody who is a little bit overweight, and I'm sorry to mention it at the beginning of the year and ruin your day, but anybody who's a little bit overweight, we're all, we're all into nothing. We've all got clothes in the wardrobe that we're waiting to fit into. I've got a pair of jeans with a 28-inch waist, because when I came up to London, I could fit into... One of the girls who lived in the flat where I, I was sharing... She had, I think, size 28-inch waist, and I could fit into them. It was a bit of a squeeze, but I could get into a 28... This was many years ago. Into a 28-inch waist. I mean, it was it was like... <gasps> you know, in the days when you used to have to lie down on the floor and pull the zip up and hope that the thing never broke? It was like that. It was... And, and you'd walk... You, 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 they'd have to lift me up. They'd sort of pull me up by my hands, somebody else sitting on my feet. And that was the only way we could actually get... You couldn't actually walk in these things. And then I see people nowadays, young people, wearing skinny jeans. And I think, that must be great. I'd love to wear skinny jeans. You know, I, I quite, hipsters were very good. But, of course, as you get a little bit older, you're never too sure where your hips are. So, at the moment, you're all in denial. If you're slightly overweight, you're in denial. A bit like an Egyptian joke, I suppose. But they say here, many people, including health professionals, believe that managing weight is just about energy balance, and that people simply need to e- eat less and exercise more. However, that doesn't work for everybody. But for a lot of people, it does. A lot of people, it does. People will will eat less this year. I don't think eating salads is necessarily the answer. Because I've eaten salads before. Mind you, I do drench things in salad cream. I love salad cream. I could eat, And I'm sure that's the bad bit. And I've tried the, uh, the low-fat things. I just don't like the taste of the low-fat things. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's either fat-making or it's not fat-making. Never have had a fat moment in her life. I mean, she came to me once to do an in-conversation straight from the gym... And, to be honest, I've never seen anybody so thin. As it was, I, s- I sat next to Kim Cottrell last year from Sex in the City, and she told me I was fat. <laughs> charming, charming. You can hear that interview if you go to the LBC website. But they say here she's, she's fiercely ambitious. Uh, she wants children. And they say that Gethin got tired of asking her to name the day because I think she, she, she has a job, and she sees that job as being the be-all and end-all. And I thought they were an ideal couple. I really did. I thought they, I thought they made a, a great couple. Great couple. So I'm a little bit miffed that they've split up. I, I wasn't surprised about Russell Brand. I really wasn't. I think you have to work at relationships. And I think when they've both got... I mean, he must be a nightmare to be with. And she's, she probably enjoys the party life. And he's probably done the party life. And now wants to slow down a little bit. And incidentally, what men really want this year, what they really, really want, are brunettes. They don't want blondes, they want brunettes. So, if you have experience of that, do please let me know. 0845 6060 973. 
So everything's going to be open today, which is good. And the other thing that nobody talks about, and they're talking about it in the paper today, and I only mention it because I have a couple of friends who suffer with it, depression in men. Men are not allowed to have depression. It's apparently, it's only women can have depression. If, if you're a man who has depression, people tend to sort of poo-poo you and go, oh, just pull yourself together. But uh, it, it is a bit difficult here. There is a story of a GP who simply vanished. He had depression. Uh, they don't want to move home in case he comes back. They don't know where he's gone. And they have no idea. They're assuming that his depression, this, this taboo subject that nobody talks about, he's got three children. Uh, his, his wife, Shona, and the kids, Tom, Ruth and Arthur, at home waiting for him to come back. And he's just gone. And, and they really want him back. He's, he's been gone for quite some time now. They don't know where. They've had no, no contact. Nothing at all. Why is it men don't want to talk about depression? Why is it men don't want to talk about their feelings? I've lost track of the amount of GPs who've said to me, you get women bringing their husbands in and they sit there and the wife says to the husband, go on then, tell them, tell them what it is. Because, you know, men just don't want to discuss their medical conditions. They, they don't like talking about medical things at all. I, I think because they actually think that it's, uh, it's a bit embarrassing. You know, it's, it's the sort of thing they don't want to talk about in case somebody laughs at them. But there's always somebody willing to listen. Quarter past six. LBC 97.3. Yeah. This morning, I tell you, I'm like a hypochondria. I sort of, I wake up this morning thinking I'm not feeling very well. Now my neck's gone stiff. I don't know what's the matter with me, really. I'm just falling apart, I think. So, uh, gin and bear her death, as the soaps wheeled out another death, I'm afraid, as, uh, as poor old Pat Cabs finally shuffled off this mortal coil. Uh, she says it was time to end a Pat. Time to, oh, doesn't matter, you make up your own jokes. Uh, there is a rumour... It's only a rumour at the moment that David Attenborough has offered her a role on Frozen Planet as a polar bear. They're a little bit unconfirmed. We'll let you know a little bit later on. I don't know where you go. If you've been in something like EastEnders, surely you get a bit typecast after a while, don't you? Do you, do you get to that stage? I didn't see it, so I, I don't know if it was any good. If anybody saw it, do let me know. 08456060973. So I, I haven't seen it, but um, it's interesting. Uh, Ken says, the Vienna concert was also broadcast tonight on PBS... Is that the public broadcasting station thing in America and Canada with Julie Andrews doing the talking bit? And they also had branding for Rolex. So the BBC appearance of Rolex probably has got something to do with the US connection. But to hear the presenter on the radio station in this country saying the programme is brought to you by Rolex, I'm thinking, are they allowed to do that? Or did somebody say you can't have the concert? Because it's always very good. It's at the, uh, I can't remember the name of the palace that they did it at, but it was over the road from where I used to stay in Vienna. Because I used to work over there for the ORF, and I used to stay in, in Taubstummengasse, which is just literally over the Belvedere. So I just remember the palace. I couldn't remember the name of the palace that they were doing it in. And they had the Vienna Boys Choir, who were really good. They've got so many members of the Vienna Boys Choir now that uh, they can afford to send about three or four troops around all over the place. And if ever you go to Vienna in the summer, do not expect to see the famous Lipizzaner horses, because in summer is when they send them out of Vienna to the fields. So they're not there. They're not at the Spanish riding school. You can go round there, but you won't see a horse for love nor money. So they send them out. So it's winter time. You need to be there. Little minxes, sorry, mix, uh, girls are all out at the nightclubs again. There's a rather peculiar one with, um, with all the blonde hair, which looks like most of it was grown on the back of a yak. And uh, then there was Jesse Nelson, uh, who was all 80s glam in a denim tracksuit. They just look peculiar. I mean, they just don't look right, do they? And then the other one went to Mahiki in London. She'd not be practising singing, girls. I mean, I don't want to sort of, you know, be rude about this, but, I mean, this is a career, is it, or is it just a photo opportunity in, in nightclubs? 
Maggie from Cyprus says crumpets are, are good for you. I don't think they are. I don't think they are. I'll tell you what is, what is good for some people, but Russell Grant. Russell Grant's career went up, down, up, down, up, and then down, and then finished. And then he went through depression, and um, he's now been picked to be the Mirror's new astrologer. He says, I hope my horoscopes will be full of love, joy and good luck. Well, they'll certainly be recycled. That'll be a fact. Because every horoscope is a recycle. I didn't realise. And most of them apply to most people. I, we used to read them out on, on the programme years ago. And you could read June Pen. June Pen was always very good. And what they used to do was, in the newspaper ones, they would just adapt them. So every ten years, they just put them back up again. Every ten years, it was really good. And so you could read these things, and then you could sort of go back and you go, I think that applies to me, because they're all general. Because it depends whether or not you believe in, in astrology or you don't believe in astrology. And frankly, I don't. Because I could read one out today and I could say it's Capricorn, and you go, oh, that's Capricorn. But I might be reading something else out to you. And so I've, I've never held much faith in it. And, of course, they never tell you bad things. Strange enough, Russell, who's always been very good at doing self-promotion... Uh, he says he did predict Diana's death in... Well, I mean, you can say that now. You can say just about anything because, A, she's not here and you have to go back and check in all the archives. Because he used to be an actor, you remember. And then he moved from acting after the, after, after the acting work dried up. He nearly became Doctor Who. I don't think he'd have been a very good Doctor Who. I think it has to be said that out of all of them, I think he... I forget who he, who he lost out to. I think it was somebody like Colin Baker. And he lost out to Colin Baker, and then after that, I think he then decided to go to astrology, and to do astrology was sort of, it was a lot easier, because it's a very solitary thing, but then he went through deep depression, now he's back, he lives in Snowdonia, he's got a little cottage up there with his, uh, with his partner, and he says, to be honest with you, in the mid-90s, you know, life crumbled, and uh, his nan Alice got Alzheimer's and all the rest, but he turned up in the New Year's Day parade yesterday, with his dancing uh, partner, whose name I think is Flavia Flavia. And uh, so he's, he appears to be on the up again. Although, strange enough, the picture that they've got him in the paper has got a microphone on. For a picture of the paper, I don't understand why you'd have a, a microphone on. 0845 Other stories of the paper today. If you're one of those inconvenienced by that, uh, that abomination which is the Hammersmith flyover, and the fact, if you've seen anybody working, let me know, because I don't I've never seen anybody working on it at all. I really haven't. And there is an, an organisation that wants to put up a blue plaque to Margaret Lockwood. Margaret Lockwood was a, you know, part of the golden age of British cinema. And there is a website called Silver Sirens. And it's got all sorts of people on there, like uh, Joan Greenwood, Stuart Granger. And they're all on there as well. And they celebrated their 10th birthday early this month. And they've gone widescreen. They've got all sorts of things. And they, they might be in Kingston, in Upper Park Road, putting up a blue plaque to Margaret Lockwood, which is quite a nice idea, because the people who own the house have said they'd be more than happy to have a plaque go up, because some people don't want the blue plaques to go up. They have somebody famous who used to live there, and they have to go around and say, can we put a blue plaque up? And there's a house uh, in Teddington, which is for Noel Coward. And it's a very ordinary house, but the people there... I mean, every time I go past it, I always point it out to people and go, look, that is actually... Um, a, a plaque to Noel Coward. It's, it's quite nice. But uh, luckily for Margaret Lockwood, the family have said, yes, they would very much like to have a, uh, a plaque up, which is good news. The other thing which is good news is for all the ladies, they're bringing out another cream. There's another cream this year. In fact, there are two creams. This, it's, it's again, it's, it's the PR puff of the year. There is a cream which is going to come out, which is going to transform your life, which I think is coming out from L'Oreal. And then over in the, uh, the Daily Express... 
And you have to take all these things with a pinch of salt, please. It's a two-pound pill to help you lose weight naturally. Now, as I've said a million times, you're not going to lose weight. You know, just you're not going to better take any tablet. They say it's an anti-obesity tablet made from, wait for this, a fibre taken from dried leaves of the prickly pear cactus. And they say, clinically proven to succeed. Well, you can get people to say anything about anything. So it's going to be two pounds, this pill. It'll be two pounds a day. And what you have to do is eat, they say, the only way to lose weight healthily is to eat a nutritionally balanced diet with adequate portion control and being physically active. Taking a tablet's not going to help you at all. But I worry when I see these, and they do it almost as if it's, it's a serious piece of health thing. There is no tablet where the weight is going to fall off you. There is just no such thing. It's not going to happen. Uh, but what they're trying to do is they will sell these things because people will think you take a tablet and the weight... Where do you think the weight goes? Where do you think the skin goes? The answer is it doesn't actually go anywhere at all. You have to, you have to do the exercise to tighten up. And if you don't tighten up, then you're not going to get anything going at all. And this year, as like last year, like the year before, like the year before that, there'll always be something, you know, hailed as a miracle cure. Oh, this is the one that every celebrity's fallen over. There's no such thing as celebrities falling over themselves. They're they're just happy to endorse things if it means they're going to get it for free or they get paid a fee. You know, the rest of the time, don't, you know, go and see a doctor. Say, have you heard of this thing? Ask your doctor. Doctors will tell you the truth. They'll say, no, it's a pile of rubbish. Don't waste two pounds a day. 60 tablets, so it's going to be about 120 pounds, plus they'll do it for 114 or something like that. I bet you see adverts in a lot of the papers. It's the kind of thing that uh, that Richard Desmond's organisation like. So you probably see adverts for it in the Express or the Daily Star or OK magazine, because that's what they like. They like that kind of, of thing. Uh, stamps of approval. I don't collect stamps anymore. I used to. But I don't collect stamps now. I find it the most tedious thing. When you're actually a child, you sort of collect stamps. You, you, you get them sent through. And uh, my neighbour Lynn saves stamps. And they've got some coming out from the, uh, from the Diamond Jubilee, which looks quite nice. And so we're looking forward to those. The stamps will come out throughout the year. The House of Windsor series will be issued on Feb the 2nd and includes five monarchs from the start of the 20th century, with the Queen featured on the last stamp. Six portraits of Her Majesty, taken from stamps, coins and banknotes during her reign, will feature on a sheet release from February the 6th. A further eight stamps, sold from May the 31st, showing images of the Queen over 60 years of her reign. And then there's the Royal Dahl stamps from January the 10th, with images from some of his most popular stories, including the controversial Twits. I don't ever remember the Twits. The only one I remember of Royal Dahl is The Witches which I thought was absolutely, I think, with Angelica Houston. I thought it was one of the best films I'd ever seen. I quite frightened myself watching it, thinking these people could be out there. And then I saw another film the other day, and I can't remember who was in it now. It's that comedian who sweats a lot, and it had mice. It had mice in it. That's all I remember. It was a very, very clever mouse. 0845 6060 973. So the breast implant story is, is just going to take off. They reckon, because now there is, there is this brouhaha over whether or not the NHS should pay for people to have these breast implants removed. And it could cost £150 million. Now, the majority of you will probably be saying, well, I'd rather it went on, you know, decent operations as opposed to on something that was probably done for vanity reasons or insecurity. Because if you've paid for something privately, then surely the people who've paid up to, I think, five to £6,000 could surely afford to have them removed. Uh, the trouble is, it's quite risky to take them out, especially 
as some of them have started leaking. It's only the ones that haven't leaked. They've said, well, don't do anything at the moment. Some private clinics are demanding up to £3,000 to take the things out again. But if you have any doubt, you need to go and see your GP over it because they say 50,000 women including breast cancer survivors, are caught up in this scandal over these implants made in France and filled with gel meant for mattresses. Now, presumably, it was a cost-cutting measure that meant that they were then going to put these into people, and it just seems absolutely ludicrous that people go and have things done in, in these clinics which advertise all over the place. I was always told that if you want to get a recommendation of a clinic, you go to your GP and they have a list of plastic surgeons or people that are qualified, because anybody, and I didn't think it was possible either, can set up as a cosmetic surgeon. I can set up today as a cosmetic surgeon. I can go out, I can buy equipment for doing all sorts of procedures. I don't need any qualifications apart from the guidebook that comes with it, and I can do all sorts of things. I can be a cosmetic surgeon if I want to be. And that's why it's so risky... So risky for you just to go to somebody who's advertised saying, you know, we do breast implants and we do them at this price. And because somebody's sitting there in a white coat in front of you, you think you're dealing with a doctor. Most of the time you're dealing with somebody who's selling you uh, a process. They're actually selling you. And of course, if you have this, then we can offer you a discount on this and really should have that, that done as well. So if you want to do anything like that, and most, most cosmetic surgeons will not do it for vanity reasons, but you do need to go to your GP. Have a word with your GP and they can then advise you further. But don't just go on, a, on an advert, because it's, it, it's, re- it's false economy. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what's being injected into you. You don't know what qualifications the person has who is doing the procedure. And we hear horror stories all the time. You've seen horror stories of people who've had facelifts and they've come out the other end and you've thought... You really look awful. Why have you had this done to yourself? Because you're letting somebody, you know, cut yourself about, which is not, not very good at all. 0845 6060 you If you watched Pat die on EastEnders, I'd love to hear from you. Can we not have some happy stories this year, please? Can we not have... Apparently, the only way is Essex star Lauren Goodyear, another peculiar person with a love life that's so tangled and twisted, you know, they really need to get over themselves, says that the newly single babe, 25, is on a mission to carve out a career as a businesswoman and is training to run her first marathon. Of course you are, lovey. I mean, best to have something to talk about as opposed to, you know, on about Mark all the time, which gets a bit dreary for the rest of us. And uh, apparently, Jeff Brazier, who's now down as a TV presenter, not a very good TV presenter, it has to be said, uh, he's hoping to focus on making more cash in 2012. Yes, that'll be a little bit difficult, as they've just axed OKTV uh, for the simple reason it was just dreadful. I mean, just absolutely awful. The, The premise was there, it just wasn't the right presenters. And apparently we're going to get lots of uh, stars raising money for Amy Winehouse. Mitch has decided he's going to ask Lady Gaga. I don't see that happening. LBC 97.3. Time now, 6.30. Morning. Happy New Year. 25 minutes to, uh, to 7. Actually, I've found somebody with a more strange, uh, obsessive, compulsive disorder than I've got. And this is uh, Phil Jones, the football uh, sensation from Man United. He says he puts his left sock on first for home matches and his right sock on first for away games. He says, I know it's weird, but I can't help myself. And it it made me... It goes back to me with my socks. Only wear them once. Wear them, throw them away. Wear them, 
throw them away. And people think I'm peculiar. But I think it's become like an obsession now. And I'm sure we all do things. I'm sure we've all got things. We do things in a certain order. You get up in the morning and we are creatures of habit. So we we get out of bed, you know, you put one... You probably don't realise you're even doing it. You put your right foot in the slipper first and then if you've got slippers... I love slippers. I didn't realise how cosy slippers were. Oh! Slippers, what a godsend. And, uh, you know, and, and, and you put your dressing gown on and you do things in an order. You go into the bathroom, you have a shower, and then you dry yourself, and then you get dressed, then you clean your teeth. Or do you do it the other way around? Do you have any of those obsessive, compulsive things that you do and people go, what are you... She's taking the rubbish out again. She's taking the rubbish out again. You take one little piece of rubbish out. Some people won't have any washing up in the sink. You know, not everybody's got a dishwasher. I don't have a dishwasher. We have a dishwasher here. Even my brother's got a dishwasher. It's a very small dishwasher, but it's a dishwasher nevertheless. And uh, and I wonder, really, whether your obsessive compulsives... Me throwing the socks away is probably the same as somebody saying they iron their underpants or something like that. People do different things, don't they? You know, putting on... You know, having a shirt... Could you wear a shirt two days running? You see, I couldn't wear a shirt two days running. You know, only having Marmite on, on crumpets. You know sort of getting out of the bed on only on your side. You wouldn't get out of bed the other side. All these things would be seen as slightly strange behaviour. Throwing salt. It used to be that we were a bit superstitious. And you'd throw salt over your shoulder and you'd sort of do that. I don't know what we thought it was. It's like we wouldn't walk under ladders, would we? Well, I would. I walked under a ladder the other day. It didn't make the slightest difference. But some people... Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm not, I'm not a superstitious person at all. You know, it's like... You know, it's like putting your pyjamas on at night, isn't it? You know, you put your left leg in first or your right leg. Nope, just me again. OK, right, fine. OK, that one. And, uh, you know, and, and also, I mean, I've... I've because I've, I throw my socks away after I've worn them once, um, I, I meet people who've had socks for years. They go, oh, I've had socks for eight. You go, well, like, how long? And they go, oh, I don't know, about four years. You go, no, not four years old socks. You know, where they get holy and things like that. I can only wear them once. I just, I just love the feeling of new socks on my feet. For, I don't know why. Yes, I wear them once and I throw them away. Yeah. No, serious, of course. Very serious. I mean, it's just quite a normal thing to do. Well, it is a terrible waste of socks, but it's, it's become an obsession now. I can't do anything about it. You know, we've all got strange things that we do. Do our diddy-diddy, I'm a mushroom. A little bit like a Hollywood celebrity, a little bit like that. But then again, I don't smoke, you see, so I don't, I don't see it as being wasteful. You know, I, I, think, I think smoking is, is, is something very wasteful because you don't end up with anything at the end of it. You know, there is no end result. I mean, at least I, I've got old socks in, in, in the rubbish bin. And, and I don't know why, and I can't remember how it started... But I remember the woman in Marks and Spencer saying to me, she said, you only bought socks the other month? I said, yes. I said, I throw them away. And she laughed. I think she thought I was joking, but it's quite serious. I've just got this thing about it. Uh, Steve, most people wearing skinny jeans these days shouldn't. They sell them in skinny jean shops, don't they? Skinny jean shops. Certain people around here wear them. Certain people wouldn't wear them. I mean, I've always been quite jealous of people who can actually get these. There's loads of people working for Capital, our sister station, who wear skinny jeans. No, he doesn't wear skinny. Not skinny, as I've seen. You have really skinny jeans. Do you really? Can you get them on past your knees, or have you just got little thin knees as well that go with them? Do you have to have little thin legs? You see, I mean, the, the other Joe couldn't wear them. It's not yours. I shouldn't imagine you've even got a pair of skinny jeans, have you, really? I should imagine you've probably got a cravat at home or something like that. I don't really see you with a pair of skinny jeans. <laughs> I don't know. I could just imagine you sort of going to school, the only one there with, with the briefcase. Everybody else has got satchels, and you've got the briefcase, and you're standing there at the bus stop with the cap, with, the t- with everything. I bet you were perfect at school. All the other kids, yeah, I bet all the other kids had a real go at him. But skinny jeans, because I'm, one of our sports boys, Nick Lester, wears skinny jeans. So I thought I'd go out to, uh, 
to sh- one of these shops. I can't remember which one it was. Was it Zara or something like that? Whatever it is, it does skinny... Well, they don't even do my waist size. They don't even do my... They don't go up to my waist size. So I, I looked at the skinny jeans and I sort of picked that. And, and the shop assistants didn't even bother coming over. Because quite clearly, they, they obviously look at you from a distance and go, forget it, fat boy. You know, it just isn't going to happen. So I, I sort of... You have got to be quite thin, haven't you? My uh, my godson Nathan is 13. He wears skinny jeans. But then all his friends wear skinny jeans. But at what age do you have to stop wearing them? At what age, you know, is it is it maybe like 19, 20, 21, 22? Or could you keep wearing them at 23? Because it's considered trendy to wear skinny... It just looks uncomfortable to me. They don't... Are they, are they comfy? Are they comfy? OK. Are they like hipsters? No, they're not. Hip, hip, hipsters are different, are they? So skinny jeans are where they go down quite narrow on the... Or they're just... They're just thinner anyway, aren't they? So they just sort of, they, they sort of. You, are you buying waist size? You just buy just buy normal waist size, okay? Hip hip hipsters are just around your bottom. Oh right. And so are, are they the ones with your pants showing? But then somebody told me that you can buy those with the pants sewn in. Because you can. They do, oh they do make them with the pants sewn in. Because I often wondered why they just don't why, why the jeans don't fall down. Because if you've got them just under your bottom. And it seems to be... It's only a bloke thing, isn't it? It's, it's done... It's from prison, isn't it? Apparently, it, it emanates from American prisons, where apparently there's a lot of people who like wearing and showing each other their bottoms in prison. It's going out of fashion, I'm delighted. Oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> Just when I want to start doing it, it goes out of fashion. It's typical, isn't it? You know, as always, at the end of a fashion chain, it's coming in, so I've psyched myself up, I've taken a few of my jeans, and I've, I've sort of... I've put another mirror in the bathroom, and I'm sort of pulling my jeans down and thinking, I don't know, does that look good? Is that look not a good look? And now you tell me it's going out of fashion. See, I don't want to be an out-of-fashion person. Um, God forbid I should be out of fashion. God forbid. Uh, melted cheese on crumpets is lovely, Steve. Is it? Cheese on crumpets. I'm, that sounds really, really fattening. Peanut butter is the most fattening food you can buy. Don't tell me about it. Tell my waist. Tell my waist. I haven't done any exercise over the Christmas period. I really have. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Your stars. This is, this is Laurie Reed. And I'll just pick one at random. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just pick mine and we'll see just how applicable it is. You you work out whether you think this is applicable to you as well. OK, it says here, you're sympathetic by nature. You see, I think that applies to a lot of people. A lot of people are sympathetic. So it, it just wouldn't be Pisces. It says here, the planet will heighten your romantic awareness, encouraging you to form partnerships along the lines of a soul union. You see, now that, that, that could apply to anybody, doesn't it? If, if you're a single person, you're going to read that and go, oh, that's fantastic. I'm so going to meet somebody this year. And it says here that existing partnerships have been subject to some stormy weather lately, and if certain issues haven't been resolved, there's a good chance grievances will rumble on until summer. Well, that's just standard stuff, isn't it? Isn't that just, You could write anything. And then tomorrow, just to make... Because they, they, they managed to fill up two pages with this rubbish. Tomorrow, she, she's going to be revealing all about jobs and cash. In other words, this year, I'll, I'll tell you now what it'll be. If you're looking for a job, you will find a job this year. It might not be the job you want, but for many of you, it will be something that gets you by. And cash will be slow to come in, but towards the end of the year, a little bit more more cash will be coming in. And that's what she'll be saying tomorrow. Because she knows no more about you than I know about her. So what they do is they do a general thing. You know, if, if, like some of the astrologers, they make extra money by doing... I mean, they, they, they've got here, to make money, they do live psychic services. And you can phone up and talk to somebody who's reading from a script. And their idea is to keep you on the phone as long as possible. The longer you're on the phone... And some people get addicted to it, like playing... 
roulette on the television. Some people are addicted. And they've all got funny names. Have you noticed that? You know, you see the names of the people. Two pounds. You know, Wonky Bottom has won three pounds. Or, you know, sort of Drizzler has won four pounds or something like that. Uh, in the In the people that get addicted to the crackpots that operate the psychic services, you, you can phone an, a, a live medium, or well, many of them are larges, I have to tell you, and, and they will sit down and they will tell you whatever you want to hear. And it's, it's what's called cold reading. They do it, and they've got to keep you on the line for as long as possible, because they say here that uh, the call costs pound fifty-three a minute, and the call duration is 19 minutes. So you're looking at approximately 20 minutes. You're looking at nigh on a £30 phone call. A £30 phone call. So, before you read these, if you don't have great eyesight, and you think, oh, I'll do that, live tarot, again, about a 25 to £30 phone call. It's just ridiculous. And they say here, or you can text one of the psychics, and, and your question. Each text message received costs £1.50. You will receive two response messages per question. Total costs £3. That's how they make their money. It's standard stuff. It's standard stuff. They, they, they won't, but once, once they've got you, and they've got your phone number, they'll never let you go. Because they'll be saying... I remember getting one ages ago, and it said, you really need to call this, this number now, so I can help you with something that only I know. And I thought, well, unless you're my bank manager, you're not going to be telling me anything I don't know for myself. But people become addicted to it. People need to go to see... Some, they need to go and see a fortune teller, or somebody like that, because they need somebody else. Just ask your friends. They'll tell you anything you want to know. They will tell you anything you want to know. It's like borrowing money. And people who borrow money at ludicrous rates. Ludicrous rates. 5,000, 6,000%. And it's just terribly, terribly... And the one thing that you're looking at at the moment is banks, because they say you could have been missold insurance or unfair charges waiting to be refunded. And so what they're doing is hoping to pull you into that net of making money for themselves... And, uh, and hopefully a little bit of money for you. Doesn't always work, though, so just be careful. Quarter to seven. This is LBC 97.3. We All those people who came up to see the fireworks for New Year's Eve. 11 minutes. 11 minutes. You queue for ages, which is good. You know, it's, it's great. I went to win- Winter Wonderland again. My oh, God, the staff up there are miserable, I tell you. They really are. I know it's not much fun standing there, but, you know, it's... I mean, at least try and look happy. You know, try and sort of pretend it's the festive season. We had it the other year. I mean, there was a couple of people. They couldn't be really be bothered. Oh, stand there staring into the distance. I think they need to vet the staff a bit more. But it was good fun. It was good fun. We went on a few rides that made everybody feel a bit ill. And, <laughs> you know, and, it's still, and I've come away and I've still got tickets for it. So I'm hoping it runs to a little bit later in the month. I don't know how much longer it runs. Today probably is the last day. So I'll probably have to re- recash those in, I'm afraid. Nev in Battersea wears 28 in... 28-inch skinny jeans, and I'm a 44-year-old man. Are you sure that's OK? Nigel, you must be a very thin person, because to wear these, these skinny jeans is not, uh, is not easy. Uh, Anita says, you can throw all sorts of other things away. Uh, if you can wash and wear pants, why not socks? I don't know. I don't know. It's something about socks. I've got this thing about it now, and I'm afraid it's, it's, it's gone on for such a long time that I don't, I don't really think about it. I'm, I really don't think about it. It never crosses my mind to wash socks. I don't know why. They've got to go. I think because diabetics have to look after their feet, and I'm so worried about picking up an infection or something like that, that I, I become paranoid. Paul says, I give my socks to a charity shop. When they're washed, I buy them back for 10 pit. They don't sell socks in charity shops. They can't sell stuff like that. In, in, in theory, you shouldn't be able to buy shoes in charity shops because they're, they are worn by that one person. Unless they're brand new. 
Unless they're, they're, they're brand new. Strangely enough, I mentioned earlier, the Times has now picked up on cosmetic surgery and the Wild West fears. And, and I've said before, be really, really careful. If somebody advertises the fact they offer cosmetic procedures, you really shouldn't go there. You should go to your doctor and get a recommendation from, from the Institute of Cosmetic Surgeons. Because, as I said earlier, anybody can set these things up. You know, I can set up uh, and just have people in doing practices. We can do all sorts of things, and you really shouldn't go there. And that's why you see so many, so many fatal mistakes where people have had things done, and unfortunately it's very difficult to reverse a situation. So once you've had things done, you can't then go back and try and correct it. You have that uh, Jocelyn Wildenstein, and everything went wrong there, and lots of other people who've had cosmetic surgery over the years. There's that woman who's had lots and lots of surgery, and she, I think she sees herself as a living Barbie doll. But it just looks peculiar. You shouldn't really sort of alter things. You know, you've got your face, you should keep it. Don't start changing things. I know people do it, and you see a lot of the Americans, they come, when Barry Manilow came over last time, people were going, what's he done to his face? What's he done? You know, because people change it, and they've been doing it for donkey's years. They've been doing it for ages and ages and ages. They just go there and a little bit of tightening here. And then somebody says, why don't you have your jaw tightened up? And so they, they have their neck done. And, and, and really, it's altering you. So much so that people look at you and think, well, you don't quite look right. So you must always be very, very careful. Always, you know, very, very careful. Martin and Morden, thank you for telling me about the, uh, that concert. They always broadcast the New Year's Day concert with that promotion, do they? Oh, right. See, I had no idea. I had no idea. Uh, no, you must never... I don't think you give socks to uh, to charity shops. I really don't. Although, strangely enough, uh, Julie Peasgood said that. Julie Peasgood said give them to, to charity shops, but I never thought about giving them to, uh, to charities. Uh, Dawn wishes a very happy new year to us and the team. Says uh, we stayed in as well, watched a couple of films on DVD and then watched the fireworks. Very good this year. And uh, I did get tiny tangerines. I think you're probably right. They're the, the last ones. And in Tesco, some clementine clementines. So it's, it's obviously something very similar to the little tiny tangerines. And, uh, and Noreen watched the programme about Carnaby Street. Very good. She says, you may like it as you'd know the places they spoke about more than us yokels. Yes, they always say if, if you if you remember the 60s, you weren't really there because there were so many drugs and everything else going on, I'm afraid. But, uh, yes, Carnaby Street was good. I mean, the, the fa- I love the fashions. Bieber. We, we talked about Bieber when we talked to Twiggy for In Conversation. And Twiggy, of course, big, big fan and... Um, and uh, and just you know, it was it was so right for London at that time. Everybody had big floppy hats. Purple lipstick was in. It was the long coats. You know, really nice, nice Ted. And it was so big, Bieber. It was the whole of that Derry and Tom's building at the end of Ken High Street. And it was it was just absolutely wonderful. It really was. And then at the very top, they had the uh, the roof gardens, and you could go up there for something to eat. Or look at the flamingos, or do anything at all. Uh, front pages of the uh, the papers this morning: Mylene showing she's class, out wearing a bikini. Nice to be able to. After was it two children now? Cracky. And uh, furious fans blasting Sir Alex Ferguson for dropping Wayne Rooney when he enjoyed a night out with Colleen and his new hair. Racing Post: Ruby Walsh and fellow top jockey Dennis O'Regan join the Post experts to analyse the past week's action. I always mention that because I've got no idea what I'm talking about when I do the racing post, but I get sent it every day. I think we all get sent it. We all get sent it. And uh, Sherlock Holmes in a case of sexual intrigue. 
and there's going to be a going to be a lot of intrigue over this film and over the uh, over the actor as well. This is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's going to be my guest for in conversation. Actually, I must try and get Martin Freeman as well because th- they play Holmes and Watson. And there's going to be so many names that are going to sort of push through this year. Actors who've been around for a little while, but this is their this is going to be their time. Uh, they're going to be getting the publicity because I think really we just need a bit more gravitas with not just our films. And, of course, if, if Westminster bring these uh, charges in, Andrew Lloyd Webber has predicted theatres will, will close left, right and centre. He said it's just going to be absolutely disastrous because, at the moment, people like coming in to town to go to the theatre. If they have to pay for parking, then they're not going to, they're not going to bother with it, are they? They're not going to bother. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's dreadful because you're not getting anything back, but already they've started painting single yellow to double yellow, just to make sure, yeah, just to make sure that you don't get to park anywhere. So they'll do it just to make sure they they get the money. It's nothing but sheer greed. It really is. All the people who work in, not just people who want to come and have a night out, but all the, and they say, oh, you can get public transport. Who wants to stand there? If you've got an elderly relative, who wants to stand there by the side of the road getting public transport? You know, it's, it's really not, not the kind of thing that is nice. You've got a whole load of drunks sitting on the bus, jeering and whooping and doing all that kind of thing, and you're sitting there with your mother or the children because you've been out to see something, and, and you have to put up with that. It's not a pleasant experience. It was bad enough going home on the train the other day from Waterloo um, because all, they were all boozed up. People are leaving for the holidays, having, their, having their, their 12 days. Morning, Sylvia. Good morning. Morning. You're not thinking of having surgery. You got your radio on, haven't you, Popper? Yes, I have. I listen to him every morning. Yeah, can you t- turn the radio off? Oh, right. Okay, it'll make it easier that way. Otherwise, you'd, you'd be very confused listening to me backwards and forwards. I've turned it off now. Okay, right. You're not you're not thinking about having surgery, are you? Well, what it is is called smiling the day. Oh, and right. It, they do it in Harley Street. They oh, it's do teeth. It in Manchester, and they do it where I live in Woodford. Right. And what it is, they take every tooth out in your head, and they put all these implants in. Right. And you and, and they do it in a day. In a day. A day, but um, uh, my husband thinks it's a bit of a con. I've never heard of them. I, I, I know that you can have teeth whitening in an hour, and I know that you can have veneers put on. No, I've never heard of actually... implants. It costs you 30 grand. Good Lord. And they put all these teeth in. And I was, I was thinking about having it done, but people t- say to me, you're mad. Pfft, I, 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 way, and, 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 and they, how long have they said the procedure takes? It takes eight hours. You're going to be exhausted at the end of eight you hours. Yeah, I mean, put it this way, it's, it's bad enough going to the dentist, dentist when you sit there for an hour, not for eight hours. Eight hours it takes. Yeah. What they do is they have to put all these little, um, they drill your gums and put these little screws in. Yes, yes. But they sedate you, so you're gone. Oh, so you've got to have, oh, right, so you're actually out, are you? Well, you're not actually out. Do you know when you've been sedated that... Uh, you're drifting. They put you on volume. You can yes. hear what they're saying to you. Yes. But you don't, um... You can hear them, but you re- you're, you're sort of out of it. I yes. suppose it's like as if you've had a few too many drinks. Yes, no, it's 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 like Valium. They actually give you either a Valium injection or it, gas. Yeah, this is a Valium injection. Right, OK, which means they'll have a nurse there to administer. Yes, and they, have an, they also have an anaesthetic man there as well. Right. Because but every I'm time you have anything done like that, you have to be very careful that your mouth doesn't close, so they might put something in your mouth to keep it open. Oh. Because once your mouth closes, surprisingly, oh. you, you can't actually um, get it... Uh, I hadn't finished. To get it uh, open again. My husband said to me, say you have it done. So, I mean, he said, if you want it done, have it done. But he said, say you have it done, you get an infection. What are you going to do then? 
Yeah, well, that, that it's also, it's a lot of money. It's 30,000. I mean, I remember people years ago saying to me, you know, we've had all our teeth done oh. and we had uh, and we had somebody in the uh, in the studio to advise people on their, their questions. Oh, did and, you? And he actually said £30,000 as well. And I thought, it seems an awful lot of money. Yeah, that's what it costs. <sighs> I mean, do, do you need all your teeth doing or, or could you get away with veneers? No, because what it is, you see, I went to a dentist, uh, which I'm terrified of the dentist. Oh, you and me together. Dentist, and he started doing all work on my teeth, yeah. filing them down for caps and God knows what. Yeah. And then then he bloody retired. So yeah. he left me in the lurch and he started filing all my teeth down ready for it. So he's left me in lurch. It's a good so you need job, them doing... when I talk, I don't show my teeth. Right. You've learnt not to. Well, I don't because um, my lips, <laughs> <my> lips <laughs> cover me. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. God, it's no, not I funny. Know. It's not funny. Oh, you must be going through hell, I should imagine. Well, I mean, I, I, I think... I, Sylvia, I've got to leave it, because I've, I've run out. The, see, they have to smile in the day. They take all that money off you. Well, the, the trouble is, you have to think about it carefully. It's a big investment, you know, people popping things in your mouth nowadays, you know, and you paying, paying for the privilege. Think about it carefully, because I, I think that's actually... I think that's actually quite a lot of money. Not excessive, though. I've heard of a lot more than than fifty than thirty thousand pounds because even I was surprised how much it cost. But if they're gonna take them all out, then they've got to screw into your gum. So they'll drill in, then they'll put the screw in and then they'll screw the tooth on top of that. I mean I have heard of people if you've got weak gums, the teeth can come out again. And if you've if you've invested thirty thousand pounds it's 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 worth thinking about. I'll tell you what we'll do tomorrow, we'll ask people if they've had it done. And that way we, 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 we can find out a bit more. Got to go, actually. Got to go. Not feeling 100%. The same. Going to go home, probably have a crumpet with, uh, with some peanut butter or cheese on it. Might go and buy a pair of skinny jeans in the sales. Who knows? I might come in here tomorrow with, with my skinny jeans on. Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and you can uh, podcast. That'll be up there a little bit later on on the blog and all the other good things on there. I shall leave you in the capable hands uh, from, just after news at seven, James Max. Thank you very much indeed, Steve. Very good morning to you. London's biggest conversation continues with me, James Max, this morning here on LBC 97.3. Now coming up on your breakfast show, find out how much it costs per minute to go to a West End theatre. Plus, the greenest Olympic Games aren't really looking very green at all. But first, London's transport system is riddled with roadworks, delays, costs, and it isn't fit for purpose. Hammersmith flyover remains closed. Is it time to knock it and other big roads in London down and start again.